Casey Must. I'm the owner and founder of Citizen Yoga in Detroit and Cleveland. And you are listening to After Class. Citizen Yoga's mission is suicide prevention. And After Class is our effort to promote tips for mental health, uh, bringing the messages that we teach in class to the greater community, even if you don't live close to us, and overall do a better job of bringing more positivity to our surrounding community. You are listening to our segment called Conscious Living, where we're going to interview artists, business entrepreneurs, and other people in our surrounding community and beyond who are impacting the world in some way, shape, or form. And my guest today is my friend, Heather. And Heather, I'm going to let you do a little introduction for self because I feel like you have all these different pieces in your life that you've been putting together. So maybe tell us a little bit about you. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And she traveled all the way from Amsterdam uh, not to do our podcast, but (laughs) I want to, okay, I want to like believe that, Um, but she lives in Amsterdam, which is now my favorite city I've ever been to, um, to, to be here. Yeah. So I am a connector. Ooh, I love that. (laughs) It's uh, literally, I took some, it's not a, it's not the Myers-Briggs, but some strengths finder, like official strengths finder. And that was literally the number one uh, strength I have, which makes tons of sense because I'm constantly connecting. Everything I see and feel and taste is always relating back to something and creating a pattern or a story. So I'm, I'm a connector. And I, my biggest mission and purpose, I think, is to help people connect to each other and to the planet. And that's really like our true essence. Mm. So I do that in a lot of different ways through a product design company, um, through traveling myself, but also inviting others to travel, mm. um, storytelling, meeting people, um, all kinds of stuff. I perform, I teach yoga, um, anything this that helps why, me connect. This is why um, Heather and I tend to talk and go on lots of different journeys and tangents together. So I hope you guys have buckled your seatbelts because <laughs> we're going to go on so a little wild ride. When we get together, it's too, what do I call it? It's like two gusts of wind hanging out <laughs> and we have no boundary at all. Um, but Heather also um, was the creator of Bogo Brush with your brother. Yeah. Correct? Um, and Bogo Brush is a sustainable toothbrush made from recycled plastics. No. Well, yeah, yeah? we okay. use recycled plastics and um, like plant waste from farms. Okay. Oh, how did that? How, how do you? How do you use that? Like, what is that? So they, the material is made. Well, first with a like the very technical way of saying it is like a a starch-based resin. Okay. So you use like corn or soy, turn it into like a, a resin, like a goo. And then the there's a lot of different um, parts of a crop, especially in North America, that they don't know what to do with it. Right. A lot of times they burn it. So in our material, what happens is they take those like waste ma- plant materials and they grind them up and they mix it with that resin, that goo. So it becomes like this moldable plant-based plastic. It's not plastic, but it can perform like plastics oh interesting and then your the bristles are made out of nylon um there's not a there today isn't a good alternative for For nylon bristles um (laughs) there i love that we're talking about i know this is my life sometimes (laughs) like toothbrushes wait wait, your dad is a, a dentist yes so i but you were like not not that like 
was it like incidental that you made a toothbrush? Yeah. I sort mean, of. I mean, John and I like joke about it because we wanted to do something to help people connect to the planet and to each other. And uh, we thought about all kinds of different products. We wanted it to be something people touched every day. And so, of course, I mean, a toothbrush is like in our subconscious like yeah. beings as growing up. But it wasn't because we thought, oh, we're going to enter the oral health field. It was like the farthest <laughs> thing from anything we imagined. But, you know, it really is a great tool because it's something people don't think about. It's great for that. But from a business perspective, it's tough, too, because it's like this whole um, mindset shift on getting people to think differently about a $3 manual toothbrush versus like a $6 manual toothbrush. Right. Well, it's funny because my teacher from India, he used to describe one of the spiritual acts as while you brush your teeth, say, I am not the body, I am not the mind, I am not the intellect, I am the self. And while you brush your teeth, that's what you should be thinking all the time because it's one of your mechanical behaviors, hopefully, that you do um, every day. Yeah. I, ac I actually... I really, I fall asleep on the couch a lot accidentally. Like, <laughs> somebody said to me yesterday, like, oh, I'm like, do you watch TV at night? And it's like, somebody said, oh, the TV watches me. I don't watch TV. And I was like, that's exactly me. Like, <laughs> I don't watch TV. The TV just ends up watching me the whole time. <laughs> and um, so it's hard for me to wake up after that and like convince myself to brush my teeth. And so my friend gave me this tip. And the tip is you have to sing a song. I'm not going to sing the song that well, but the song is basically like, brush your teeth, brush your teeth. And then it's like a, like a inner mantra to get me awake so that I ah. am a, a functioning adult that brushes her teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I always brush my teeth and like put on my PJs before I have my like couch sit down time. Uh, I think I need to change my behavior. Because otherwise... No, it's either I'm not going to get into bed because going to bed is not my favorite thing to do. Like once oh, I'm yeah, in bed, I'll fall asleep that. like right away. No big deal. But I just my whole life, I've never liked going to sleep. So I'm like have to have PJs on, teeth brushed the whole bit before I can like <laughs> sit down and do nothing. I, I, I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> I, I need to like change where I place my teeth brushing in my routine. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a bogo brush just so every time I use it, it reminds me. Like I see it, and I'm like, yeah. wait, Heather told me change. <laughs> Actually, you didn't tell me anything. You inspired me uh, to change my behavior here. But it's true about toothbrushing. I don't know. I maybe I'm just like the only like toothbrush geek. But there's so many times that I've noticed even just brushing my teeth that there's like moments of inspiration, right? And I think it's it has to do with these like even unintentional rituals that yeah. we do in like little moments in our day that we're not really thinking about anything else. You're just kind of in a trance. Yes. And I think that's one thing that I think would be kind of fun to do from a branding perspective is like come up with like a little like toothbrushing rituals or like short little mini like podcasts that help you meditate while brushing your teeth. Oh, I you should do that. Yeah. Would you want me to help you? Yeah. Okay. I definitely need assistance because I, I might play. You could use <laughs> that song that my friend taught me, but it's not good. <laughs> but that's that, so that's that's one of that's one of Heather's jobs but it's not really it's like a, it's part of your mission I feel like yeah. that's one thing that you and I relate to is we like to make every single thing that we do this like we're like an octopus we have like all these limbs of how many different ways can we reach our mission out into the world yeah. without it feeling the same way and reaching the same population it's like so cool that well you use the word 
well, limbs and octopus. I mean, first really? of all, you liked that. Well, because <laughs> I mean, of course, yoga, right? The eight limbs. Ah, uh, yeah. But then through my journey of sustainability, which is the word that I use to describe kind of what it is I do. I mean, I talk about it as connection to people and planet, but it's um, academically, I suppose, under this realm of sustainability. But through all of the different things I've learned and experienced it, I have like an eight limb approach to sustainability. And it's a lot like what you're saying. Uh, for me, I use it like when I go into a community or I'm trying to learn something new to ask questions from a lot of these different perspectives because it creates a more balanced outcome. Um, but it's also how we created Bogo Brush is looking at how, how would an artist make a better toothbrush? How would a business person make a better toothbrush or health and wellness or spirituality or food and agriculture? Like looking at these different different perspectives and then also now like, OK, yeah, there's a toothbrush. There's like a product that's designed. It's a business. So, yeah. How can I help create all kinds of different things, whether it's an actual product or an experience or something, but that does touch people and meet them no matter what part of society they're in. So are those your limbs, your eight limbs? Yeah, those are probably some of them. I probably didn't get to all of them. I know. It's really hard to remember the last one. There's probably like law and policy is one um, that I maybe didn't say immediately. I remember that economic is... Yeah, economics economic business is one. Yeah, I remember that. Those are your eight limbs. Okay. Yeah. I um, Swamiji has these six reasons for marriage. Um, there are six reasons why you get married that he says. And um, I always forget one. So let me see if I can list them off. Uh, this is like the test that I always do. And I'm always going to miss I know. Okay. It really is the last one. And it's never the same last one for me. I, I, I was going to totally. <laughs> I'm going into different. Okay. So let me try. Okay. So the okay, there's six reasons for marriage. Remember I told you guys we were going to be like a whirlwind of different information. Okay. First limb is companionship. So you should get married if you need a companion. The next one is sexual sexuality. So pick a partner who uh, has a similar sex drive. I think people have these weird perceptions of sex and marriage. And they have like, there's like this unspoken cultural standard mm. and not realizing that each individual has their own level of sex drive. And you just need a partner that matches that level. Mm -hmm. um, security. So like if you feel like money security, um, overall feeling of security protection. So a lot of women in other countries need actual protection. So that's okay. I'm on four, five. Oh, oh, the fifth, the fifth one possessiveness, which is not a reason to get married, but somebody who does choose to get married tends to be possessive. I think I'm like totally setting a booby trap for myself right now that I'm not going to remember the sixth. And the sixth one is Oh my God. See, I'm going to get, I'm not going to get it. And then I'm going to feel. You will. You'll remember it. Okay. Let me just like, I'll ohm for You've a got second it. and see. I, I won't remember it. Um, oh, progeny. There we go. Progeny. You need to have children. <laughs> not you. Not you. No, <laughs> I just, <laughs> sorry, did I scare you? No. Is that like, just funny because like, the last I time we you. talked. You need to have children. <laughs> we talked on the phone last time we talked about. Having children. Having children. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be an ever theme in my life right now. Um, so, yeah, that's anyways. The yeah. Eight limbs. Eight limbs. So what what what's one way other than. OK, so you have Bogo brush and then 
I, I know you currently have a passion project that I really want to talk about, but I sort of want to keep it sure here. Mm-hmm. It, here is like to the left of me in the air, basically. <laughs> um, talk to me a little bit about, or us. It's really us. Talk to us about sustainability. Can you define it? What's your version of sustainability? Yeah, I talk about sustainability and say like sustainability is the balance of everything. Oh, thanks, Heather. That's really <laughs> it's like, yeah, obviously, like the 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 biggest um, kind of concept. Um, I mean, hmm. I when I start talking about sustainability, I, I all I also say that there's like an academic way of looking at sustainability and like an energetic way of looking at sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, academically, a lot of people talk about sustainability as a Venn diagram. So it's the balance of our economic interests, our social interests, mm. or like community um, and our environmental interests. And so when we're considering those things together, like when they all meet, that's something that is sustainably developed. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Um, which is a model that I took and expanded on for my eight limbs in more of a, like, in real life, who do I need to talk to to try to understand what something might be to be sustainable? Um, so those those three those three components are are something to consider when you're thinking about something that's sustainable. In, in the world today, a lot of times sustainability is really thought of more so from just the environmental component. Right. You know, it revolves around how much plastic are you using or, um, you know, remembering your, <laughs> your grocery bags and these kinds of things, which are all good and important components. But it's also important that it's financially stable and that it's taking care of our communities. So that, that is um, a piece of sustainability that's not often as clear. Yeah, I, I think it's I it's sustainability. I you and I've talked about this quite a bit. W- I want to define it spiritually as well because sustainability is such a spiritual mm-hmm. concept. Um, you know, even if you look at the one of the parts of the eight limbs, which is the brahmacharya, your ability to contain energy and not give energy. Um, but sustainability is very intimidating we've met I, I feel intimidated about sustainability because it feels like this l- very overwhelming looming monstrosity of a world that I can't help mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know if people listening feel like that but I definitely feel like that about sustainability it's like there's a pitfall in every step of our life that makes us not sustainable I've been noticing that like I'm like, okay, I'm not going to use this plastic cup. And then it's like the only cup around Mm -hmm. and there's no drinking fountain. It's like, okay, well, now what do I do? And so I just find it super difficult and intimidating to approach sustainability in a way that works for me without just freezing like deer in headlights sustainability. Yeah. You know, um, another thing I talk about almost every time I'm talking about sustainability, so I'll talk about it here, <laughs> is yeah. that it's like what you said, it, it's so intimidating and, and it can be really overwhelming. And it, it has been for me too, you know, to the point of like existential crises. Yeah, like I think most people have an ex, I have an existential, like the world is ending. Yeah. And it's like, and then for me, I've taken it to these places of like, okay, well, eventually the sun's going to blow up. <laughs> so does it even freaking matter? Yeah. Or even things, um, 
Um, then I, I talked about sustainability on an energetic level, which to me relates very much to the spiritual. It's it's this idea that um, really, I think everything is sustainable. It's just how big of a wave or how big of a cycle are we creating with it? Oh, interesting. So, yeah. you know, how much energy does it take to create our product or our, an experience we're having? And then how much energy um, or how much time or energy does it take to consume that product, product back into the system, right? So it's like you think about oil and like oil-based plastics. They have like a huge... What's an example of an oil-based plastic? Oh, How would I know? Oh, like any typical like water bottle. Okay. Um, anything we think of as as plastic okay. really um, is made from petroleum oil okay. so it's like how much energy first of all to create oil took a ton and ton a ton of energy like millions of years right all this stuff and then the product takes thousands or more of years to degrade so eventually like the system will absorb itself not necessarily into the exact same form but it's this huge huge cycle of energy so what can we do to make it more efficient oh, similar like what we do with with our own energy how are we efficient Mm. with our energy are we like flying off the handlebars eventually we have a swing in the other direction but it it creates a lot of damage Mm -hmm. and that's what is happening right now like our our way of creating goods and services and valuing each other as humans is causing a lot of damage um can you give me an example what you mean like how um, how does how does um like we're valuing how are we uh, valuing each other how is that un- uh, not sustainable or unsustainable yeah um you mean like gift giving or that's what I'm, i thought of i mean interesting i guess maybe it's a know, personal thing <laughs> what what i am what's first coming to mind is um how we make choices and uh, you know support maybe businesses or ideas that take advantage of a certain community okay so whether that's like a community in uh, another country who were like stealing their resources and not paying them appropriately and ruining their <laughs> their ability to exist yeah. and thrive um or if it's something that's just like your neighbor down the street um yeah. if we're not if we don't um create some sort of like equitable value on each other as humans that's the social component of that like academic definition of sustainability then then it creates more damage um so what's a short cycle product like what's something that is like we use that's mm -hmm. like not necessarily reusable maybe it has to be something that's very reusable that has a shorter cycle than like a one-time use plastic bottle Mm. That's a very big question. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, so one thing that immediately came to me is if you think about food. Yeah. If it's something that you, let's say you grew it in your backyard. Okay. And um, you didn't use any chemicals or whatever. Like the inputs were very small. Just some water, maybe rain is all that you use. And then you consume it. It's like a very short cycle. It's a very small cycle. And you can take this out. Like, where did the seed come from? And where did it right. like goes on and on and on, which is why sustainability is there's no such thing as one solution because it's just so complex. But that's, um, that's one example or something that is like very long lasting. Um, what's like, 
<laughs> I'm thinking about cars right now because my brother's looking at buying a car. But like if you think about a car, and this is maybe not the best because there's tons of components that go in. But it's the, okay. The best overall to, example. The overall example. Best way to you know the most sustainable way to use a vehicle is to like use it all the way to its end. Yeah. Because you've used up as much value as you possibly can in that into like in yeah. that that item that has had an input of energy so something like or a um like a water bottle reusable right that is something you keep for a really long time so it has um a more efficient amount of energy usage something that adam taught me is um i know this is really silly but i'm gonna admit it drinking out the water i'm out of the water fountain at the airport i'm like why did i always have to buy a bottle of water like mm-hmm. I, this is something like very recent because i don't like to travel with a water bottle all the time like a reusable water bottle because it yeah sometimes it's yeah, just it's annoying just, like, annoying it's big it's inconvenient mm-hmm. at times and whatever so okay my unsustainable self is like leave it at home but then recently i'm like okay something as simple as finding a drinking fountain and drinking out of it for instead of going to the store and buying a water bottle, i'm like why didn't i ever think of that it's like i've been conditioned to forget about like a more sustainable natural behavior that we used to have before Mm -hmm. we had all this convenience. So that was just like this like aha moment recently, which is sort of, I'm admitting it's very embarrassing to admit that I like didn't think of that, but I had become, I, the habit was formed and now I'm trying to unform it. Yeah. I think as you're saying that I'm reminded of how, our humanity has created a system that's really separated ourselves from, well, nature, really, and each other. And you look back at rituals, even like where did yoga come from and Ayurveda and any really um, traditional methods of existing, like humans were so intimate with each other and with the planet. Like everything was a very direct relationship. We knew where the food was from. We had uh, spiritual practices that involved nature and the rain and the sun and all of these things and so maybe we didn't have a scientific like empirical understanding of what that meant but on an energetic level we were so intimate with these patterns that we um, and you can see this in a lot of indigenous you know groups of people still today there's just a different level of understanding and respect between the natural rhythm of how things flow. And that's the spiritual components of things I've learned through yoga and other other practices have helped me understand even more the importance of connecting to nature and to people. So again, like my mission through products or through experiences is let's get closer to that innate wisdom yeah. that we have. And maybe it's just something that becomes a mindset shift that we think about when we're buying products. Maybe it also helps us, like I said, come into that inner truth knowing where we're listening more to um, maybe it's intuition or whatever you want to call it, but messages that the planet is really sending us. Mm. And right now we're so separate from it. Like we've created water bottles to your example, which is what made me think of this is we forget about something as simple as, well, a drinking fountain, even if a drinking fountain is still more removed from touching the water, drinking from a river. But yeah, it's like we've created so many steps Mm. in between that. Yeah. We kind of like us and earth. We like can't, it's, it's hard. It is. Yeah. I, I feel like whenever I go on trips the first thing people want to do is find nature 
and and yet we have such a low tolerance for it at mm. the same mm. time it's like okay nature for four hours and then yeah without the bug uh, touching na- me yeah, or exactly. <laughs> like no nature thank you so much which is mm-hmm. sort of weird and interesting i was thinking of sustainability when we talk about it from a spiritual perspective of like what are your senses consuming mm-hmm. so even from okay not even a resource perspective but we have no editing system anymore for how much our five senses are consuming. We're consuming at such a massive rate, which I personally think is causing so much of our anxiety and our depressive experience in the world that um, how do we create sustainability Mm -hmm. in those practices and how much you're contacting, how much phone you're using, how much computer you're using, how much, you know, any kind of outward um, stimulation. There's so many there's so many different pieces of our eyes are so many different pieces of the world that attract our eyes. There are so many different aspects of the world that attract our ears and our tongue. And how do we turn inward? It feels in the same way that sustainability feels impossible. It also feels like introversion. Introversion is impossible as well. So that we've, we've sort of touched on that. I know you and I before, but No, I love it so much. And I I mean, I talk a lot about things as energy because everything in our world is just manifested forms of energy. Right. So, um, yeah, sustainability, it's very convenient to talk about it in terms of physical things, but absolutely even like, yeah, what are we perceiving? Yeah. Um, And how, I mean, they're vibrations, you know, they're impacting us and um, they're part of, they're part of the world as well. And, um, yeah, making sure that we're able to process that energy in a way that's um, healthy. It, and, and sometimes part of what you're saying, too, it's, it's interesting because we're talking about, okay, well, what is the life cycle of this product? But really, the life cycle of the product starts in your mind. And so if you're constantly consuming, then the, level, the number of desires that you have inside your head are increasing which means that your need to consume will increase. Mm-hmm. So even though it seems like, okay, well, me looking at Instagram has no impact. Well, it does because there's advertisements and you're looking at other people and their experiences, which then impact how much you want to consume, which then Im- uh, influences what you choose to eat, where you choose to go, um, all these different pieces of your life. So really sustainability from starts here. It starts mm-hmm. from the senses if you didn't need as much you wouldn't consume as much exactly it's like all of those things you're describing that we consume um well goods or um these experiences and these sensory uh things it's they can be barriers Mm. right barriers to the self Mm -hmm. um which i believe like at the self it or (laughs) at the self like the big s self is where answers for sustainability exist because it it is it's like it starts with the self yeah because we're all we're all part of the same one right so what what I do to myself is what I'm doing to you and to the rest of the world and when you're connected to see self is unconditioned consciousness and conditioning is just desire so when you have removed some of your desire then you're removing your need to go into the world which it's interesting to start to think about sustainability that way. Mm -hmm. I haven't really thought about it like that, but the closer you are to what some people call God, some people call self, some people call consciousness, 
it's the less worldly desire you have, which means that your, your impact in the world becomes smaller because your need for world becomes smaller. Right. And I think at the same time, perhaps this is maybe just philosophy, but um, or musings <laughs> yeah. that the less you need to insert yourself like physically into the world, you're you are more connected to the spiritual and like the energetic. And in that way, like you're creating probably even more positive yes. impact um, through expanding the like consciousness of all. Right. So if uh, <laughs> from a pra- from a practical perspective, <laughs> um, what if you had like three to five tips for somebody, um, what would how could I be more sustainable at a very, I don't know. Could, that's so lame that I just said in a convenient way. Okay, that sucks <laughs> that I just did that. But like, okay, what if I'm, I'm a more of a novice, sustainable person? What, what are my three to five tips? Yeah. I mean, I think saying it like, what is a convenient way is like actually like perfectly acceptable because if you're someone like me, who's been studying sustainability for more than 10 years, like pretty, like thoroughly yeah, intensely <laughs> yeah I don't think you and I do anything not intense, yeah exactly. so it's like hey I'm doing this but I'm doing it a hundred and gonna know all the things exactly um but it's sustainability is way too complex to think that there's one right or wrong way to approach it which is why it's so overwhelming and which is why I've like thought why the hell like what's the point of any of this but it does matter um it does matter and now I'm like thinking of should I go on that tangent it matters because yes do it this is kind of gets into all of this like I took that existential crisis of like sun burning up whatnot but then this idea of sustainability is really just the balance of all of the energy in the universe and we're here on the planet like this little guy dot that we're having our own our own experience with how to sustain the energy that is here but then I'm like okay let's go like go way huge because that's what I do (laughs) right yeah is um well ultimately the universe is gonna take care of it it's gonna like figure it out if we like destroy this planet you know the universe will take care of it doesn't the universe have anything under control all this I'm like okay why does it matter but all of that then comes back to the fact that to me like we are here right now like as humans and as a human what is what is our maybe singular most differentiated gift that we have as humans and this is ability to like choose and think and our choices actually impact the direction of evolution so this is our purpose our purpose is to help influence the direction of our world and uh, our direction of our species as humanity to the directions that we think are going to be better for each other and for the universe. So even though, yeah, we're just this tiny thing, like we are here and for some reason we're able to think and make choices. So let's do the very best that we can to choose things that move us where we think we need to go. And so... But it's like the challenge is the spiritual journey. Like that's sort of what I think, like, okay, we're human and we came onto this planet and part of our way of getting back to self is tuning into the divinity and unity which sounds so like woo woo wah wah yeah but like that's that is our job our job is to figure out how we undo our disharmony 
Like, how do we, you know, that's yeah. our natural state. We're, we're not in harmony. We as human beings are outside of ha- the harmony of nature because we are gifted in intellect and the intellect is our ability to choose. And with our choosing, we were not gifted the protection of nature. And because we weren't gifted the protection of nature, we live outside of nature. Mm-hmm. And the development of the intellect is the ability to then say, okay, how do I then choose harmony versus small self? Mm-hmm. Because small self says, I'm empty. I need more. Let me take more from this world. And the intellect says, let me find harmony. And the intellect points to self. Self is just this, I am not empty. I am not empty at all. I don't need to acquire more stuff from the world. And so thinking of sustainability as this great spiritual journey, I, I don't know if I've ever really thought of it like that, but yeah. it, it feels... Like, yeah, I can see when I'm trying to be convenient, I'm trying to, it's like that small self that's saying, I don't care that I'm not in harmony. And I don't mean that like in a negative way to myself, but I'm sort of thinking that that's the reality a little bit. Yeah, it's like the, the reality of, it's the, the duality we experience as being human. Yeah. But also <laughs> in terms of some tips and like, I think of convenience in a way that, okay, there is no perfect. It's up to us to decide, you know, what is our edge? Just like in yoga, yeah. what is the little things in our postures or in our mental practice of yoga that we do to move ourselves in a direction? Yeah. We try something and we see what happens. It's a, it's a relationship. So if you, if you make a choice and create an intention with that choice and just see how you feel. So mm. I think that a lot of the things that we hear in the media are are good. You know, okay, use so a reusable water bottle. Like yeah. use that and see how you feel when you know that you're using that bottle Something instead good. of buying a cheap bottle every single time. Right. Um and other like yeah, use a reusable bag. Don't don't go out and like think, oh, this store okay, wait, is giving me a reusable bag because reusable bags can be pretty bad and they don't degrade a lot of them anyway. But it's way better. I think it's, there's something like you have to use, I don't know, you have to use your reusable bag like, over 500 times before it is okay. better than a plastic bag. Really? Okay, what's better, paper or plastic at the grocery store? That's a, I always, I feel like it's somebody asking me like to be or not to be. Like it's that intense. What do I what do I answer? They're always like paper or plastic. Sometimes I like go either way. I'm not sure, but I, I know. feel like paper. I say paper. I say paper, but um, I don't know. It's sort of built. I mean, now there's technologies that will recycle plastic bags as well, but they don't get recycled as much because they're easier to blow away, and we end up throwing them in the garbage and things like that. But uh, yeah, it's. Um, Sorry, I, I just had to ask that. No, I, it's good. I feel like now I'll have an answer. I just assume paper. I don't. I, I mean, sure. You can take the science down to any level and probably find an argument for either one, and okay. constantly go back and forth. I choose paper because we have systems in place that are easier to recycle paper. Uh-huh. Um, paper recycling, all recycling uses lots of water, but especially paper recycling and. So that's like a counter to it. But I tend to choose things that lean towards easier recycling and uh, think that technology will get better and will create more efficient forms of recycling as we continue to go. Okay. So reusable water bottle, 
paper bags <laughs> or reusable bags use them 500 times <laughs> or at least i can't remember the at statistic. least at least okay <laughs> that's that's two we need at least one more i think that this is it's a gratitude practice mm. that um just get in the habit of saying thank you to anytime you're throwing something away mm. in the garbage i think that will help you realize where where is your little guilt meter and that might help you find your edge for what is the next step that you can take in your sustainability journey. What about, um, I'm going to ask you all my questions that I have, um, glass and aluminum. Like, what do I, do I, do I feel more um, guilty drinking a LaCroix or do I feel more guilty drinking a Topo Chico? <laughs> I can't um, decide. <laughs> I think that glass is really heavy and it uses a lot of fossil fuels unless we're until we start shipping with electric energy um, okay. over than fossil fuels um, but that glass is a pretty unsustainable way of packaging things because it's so heavy it takes a lot of energy to transport it around the country around the world um, even to recycling centers okay. so i would choose the lacroix Okay, cool. Thank you. That feels very practical. I needed that knowledge. I like I stand at the grocery store like so like I don't know what to do and I want to make the right choice and I really love these things that are bubbly. <laughs> yeah. Um okay, so one thing that I and I would never um it's not a guilt thing and I'm not telling somebody to be vegetarian, but I do think that it's interesting to I think that you really not that I've been vegetarian for so long now. I don't know. Mm, 16 years. And um, but understanding the meat industry and how much it impacts the earth. Mm -hmm. I think it would be a shame if we didn't talk a little bit about it. We don't have to go on a tangent about like pro anything, but just so that people understand sort of the what is what is your impact in choosing meat? Uh, we won't go too far down that because we have other things to talk about, but I, I am interested. Yeah, I think meat, um, <clears throat> meat uses uh, a lot of resources to produce. So especially something like beef. Um, okay. depends on the, depends on the animal. You can do research on seeing like, just right. Google it, how much, how much resources does it take? But, um, when we look at especially, um, industrialized uh, meat yes. <laughs> production yeah. that requires the most energy. Okay. So whether it's medicines or uh, just the amount of yeah food, food and the system that that it supports, it's like not in favor of the animal's health. It's not in favor of our health. Um, so industrialized meat is probably the thing to stay away from if you're trying to make food and meat part of your sustainability journey. Um, if you want to eat meat, look for something that's uh, more raised as close to you as possible. Yeah. Look for something that's done on like a small family farm that's um, you know, organic doesn't always mean better. I mean, it's better in some ways, but it could still be this huge monstrosity of, of a farm, which oh, uses just as many resources in a lot of ways. It's better than, it's better than, um, what we call conventional for sure. But, um, there's that place in Ferndale. <clears throat> What's that place to the butcher shop in Ferndale? Do you, do I don't you know it. it? Mm -mm. Okay. I, I wish I could remember to give them a shout out, but, um, Oh, yeah, I don't Google butcher don't. shop in Ferndale. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't eat meat. So it's sort of irrelevant in, in, in some way, shape or form. Um, so when 
purpose is something that you and I have, uh, I feel very passionate that purpose is directly tied to mental health. And purpose, I think, is very complicated. And people make finding their purpose very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, what's like, why is purpose important to you? And how do you make purpose easier to find? Like, mm-hmm. how, is, that, <laughs> is that possible? Can you make purpose easier to find? I think for me, purpose is relative to the experiences that have brought me to a particular point in time. Um, that hmm, it's like comes out of a sense of passion. Mm. So totally, I agree with that. I always say passion. It's like passion, purpose. Yeah, it's like what do you, what do, what do I like to do? I like to create. I like to connect with people. You know, these things that give me joy and give me energy. It's within those, like following the path of passion and joy leads to purpose. I don't know that for myself, I think there's a one defined thing that helps me live out purpose. I think it's through like the gifts and the abilities that I have. Like those are my purpose is to use those in the world. And then the experiences that I have in life and the information I gain, um, then I use that through the tools Mm. of connection and music or um, entrepreneurship, all these different avenues. So you're um, something that Heather and I have been talking about is doing yoga retreats with more purpose. And so something that you have a project coming up. Tell us a little bit about a lot of it, a little bit (laughs) about your project. Yeah. Um, It's called Traveling with Purpose. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the, the, the point of it is it's another Another way that um, I, you, we as humans can connect to each other and to nature. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of the way I travel is this way. I really try to go into local communities and find um, through the eight limbs of sustainability that I look at. Like I want to meet the artists. I want to meet the people who are involved in the eco issues, the businesses, right? The, The policy um, holders of, of a community as much as I can. And through that really start to understand who, who are these people? Like what is their nature? And sometimes that's all it is, is just gaining that insight for me. I mean, no matter how you travel, every time you travel, you expand. Um, the more I travel with a purpose of learning, um, through my lens of sustainability, uh, the more, I feel connected to like what we were talking about, a spiritual oneness Mm -hmm. and or a compassion for nature and for each other, which fuels my desire then to be more aware of when I'm grabbing a product or supporting a company. So you guys are going to the Maldives. Yeah, thank you. We're going to the Maldives. Um, We're we're trying to make a citizen trip eventually. Yes, Um, it'll happen. We're saying it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We're saying it. Uh, and you guys, uh, wh- what's the date of that? So the date is coming right up around the corner from today. Okay. <laughs> um, the tr- it's April April sixth through the twelfth is the twenty 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 is the first of it. But I really uh, my vision is this continues in the Maldives, but also other places, other communities I've been, communities I haven't been yet. But yeah. helping organize an experience for people so they can like connect. Effe- yeah, connect, affect tune into that harmony that we're we're really talking about 
And then you have a a movie, a documentary. Yeah. I just don't want to. I want to make sure that we touch on this. Too. Yeah. So, um, the Maldives came about through Bogo Brush, my product company, because we partner with a sustainability resort there. Whenever we partner with someone. I want to come into a community and do this kind of travel and getting to know it so that, um, I don't know if there's anything more I can do to help. Cool. Right. If not, fine. Um, so the Maldives, I was in the Maldives in November through this relationship. And after being there, I mean, <laughs> I had the most universally uh, powerful experiences of my life that gave me the the empowered knowledge that I can channel more energy than I ever thought possible. Awesome. So I knew I had to continue meeting folks. And through that process, one of the things I heard from every person, no matter what their their channel of activity was, like art or business or anything, is they really want their story to be heard by the international community. Most folks see the Maldives as just luxury resorts and don't realize that there's um, a really beautiful culture there that is... Uh, threatened by a lot of climate change issues. So going in, part of this trip is we're hiring a local Maldivian documentary crew to travel with us awesome. and just document the stories of the Maldives and using those stories and conversations as like a meditation on what happens when we connect across the world. You know, uh, if there's any studio owners listening, uh, we did a donation class for Heather and their project this past weekend at Citizen Detroit. And so if you wanted to reach out to her uh, to do a donation class, especially if you're very environmental driven. I mean, of course, if you're people driven and consciousness driven, but um, everybody has their own purpose and mission for sure. So I, I definitely suggest that because any help will help. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. The, we're doing a fundraiser currently. We're two thirds of our way to our goal for awesome. supporting this, the, the fundraiser. So tons That's of ways great. to get involved but like I said ongoing and more opportunities so if it's interesting like reach out so um in, in, in I want to give your information so where do we follow you on Instagram what's your tag now I'm at or your, what's a handle, um, tag, handle hello this is Heather Hello, this is how <laughs> so I answered the phone <laughs> that's perfect yeah um and Heather and I were actually I think I met you as a student first yeah. At the time she had a shaved head and I was like, oh, my God, I have to <laughs> connect and hug this human that I love so much. Um, and then she moved and I cried. <laughs> um, but I, I think that she Heather teaches and um, we were talking before this about your singing and maybe you would do like a little ditty um, to end our podcast for us and um we uh, we were saying like maybe it could be the theme of the after class podcast but you could start with maybe just offering us a little something <laughs> you might need to get rights for it okay it's a tom petty song oh my gosh okay then we, then either way we're just happy that you'll sing for us but it's fitting because i think the first class i was in at citizen was um a dale dale's class oh my gosh and i don't remember if she sang this song but she sang a tom petty song Really? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> anyway, this is this is um this is like kind of I guess my personal theme song. So, um how much how should I sing just like a verse? Yeah, just a verse. Okay. Let me get my breath settled down. <laughs> I'm going to I I would be so nervous. Um, you belong among the wild 
flowers. You belong on a boat out at sea. Sail away and kill off the hours. You belong somewhere you feel free. so beautiful Aww. thanks well i i i i miss having your friendship mm. in person but i'm so happy that i got to see you in person to do this podcast and me too so much love for you it's thank you fuel to come back more often <laughs> i hope so